love. That's the question that every human being has been faced with over the last, especially three years. Um, where is the love? What is love, first of all? For those of you who don't know, I'm Apostle and Prophet Chris Ward. I'm celebrating my 31st anniversary as a full-time minister. And man, has it been a ride. It's been up, it's been down, it's gone round and round. And I'm in a different cycle now, and um, I'm attempting to find my way into the supernatural. But I've been very reflective. And somebody said, well, is this a gospel show? You playing Reverted Flack and Daddy Hathaway talking about where is the love? Yeah, I am. Because that's a that's a question that every human being is really trying to find find out right now. When you look at what um, happened during the pandemic and then now we in post-pandemic times and things is so scandalous. My God, slippery uh, business. I'm a businessman and a full-time minister. I am a minister and do minister in the office of an apostle. And have been for what about ten or eleven years. I made that transition. I went from minister, just minister. You know, that's the first step where you commit yourself, and then you you commit yourself to the Lord to let Him use you. And I never, I can't even remember. I know it was like somewhere around nineteen eighty seven. He told me he wanted me to be a minister, and I wasn't trying to hear it. I would, what? Be a minister? I was steeped in sin and boiled in debauchery. And I was like, oh my God, he's saying to me, me of all people, he want me to be a minister. And I was thinking, wow, what's that going to look like? Okay. But one of the things that every human being fails to recognize is the deepness, the width, and the depth of God's love for humanity. He created man to be his friend. He created us in his image. And we talked about that last week. Um, over the last few weeks, we talked about the image of God. If you go back to Genesis one and I'm just reminiscing here. Uh, he says he created God in his image and then he blew him, blew into him. Then he gave him life. So, our internally, our spirits and our souls are supposed to look like God, the Father. And then he, because Adam sinned and messed the thing up, he had to send Jesus Christ and he was prophesied first. I think it was in Genesis chapter 3. You can read through that. But what has happened in, in the 6,000-year evolution of man okay, and the universes, okay, it has... Um, come to a place where now with the, he allowed the pandemic to take place. Listen, God never curses anybody. You curse yourself. He said, choose ye this day. You choose life or you choose death. And so the choices that we make, we're, we're going to be held responsible for them because God gave us a great commission as Christians to go in all the world and preach the gospel. But let's get back to this love issue. God loves us so much, so much. So much. And that's one of the meditation scriptures that I have. We won't get into that right now. But at the end of the scripture, he says, and they, and they went and gathered so much. God is so much. He's so big. He's so tall. He's so wide. He, the depths of his love are endless. And we have to remember that. And 
You know, I was thinking about on my way over here, and I was I had left the house early because I just wanted to be by myself and get in the van. And I always look for a song that, whether it's here or it's at 9815 South Vermont Avenue, which every Saturday morning at 930, I'm live on YouTube, and we have an in-person meeting, and you were invited to it. We promise to love you and cherish your presence and, and be thankful for your time your words and your money that you commit to come to see us and fellowship with us. We love you. Apostle Chris Ward, we're at the Do Right Christian Church, 9815 South Vermont Avenue. And so I'm attempting to shift my 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 life back into love mode. There's really four kinds of love. Somebody said, well, I thought there was only one kind of love. No, there's agape love. That is the love that I'm talking about that God has for everything that he created, not just mankind, but mankind as a result of the sin of Adam and the devil taking over this, this system. This whole idea of love is twisted. It's twisted. God's love, agape love, it says. There are four definitions that I found, and I didn't study it profusely before I came on here, but I've been looking at it for years. It's agape love. It has no limits. It forgives everything. Okay. It forgets everything that you did that was not wrong. He said, your sins will be cast into the sea of forgetfulness. Why? When Jesus shed his blood on that cross, and you're going to get an opportunity today, okay, to make the confession of faith in Jesus Christ, okay, your past, present, and future sins are already forgiven. Now, that is not a license to sin. Do not think that there is not judgment for those who have the truth and decide as an, as a um, their independent will that they are not going to do it. He has check systems in the word with one of them that says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. That which a man or woman sow shall he also reap. So if you sow death and unforgiveness and hatred and and you you will suffer poverty, lack and shortage, you you find it very hard to fellowship with God because God is love. Okay, it didn't say he he not only loves us, but he is love. The very essence of his of his person is love. So agape love covers everything. He knew we was going to be in the He knew in 2022, and what's today's day? October or uh, 6th, and three days ago, we celebrated uh, Yom Kippur, which is to be one of the three high holy days that God puts on his calendar to make changes. Um and I won't get into teaching on that. I just we're gonna we're gonna talk about love, and I'm gonna give my testimony because in third I've been in full time ministry now thirty one years. Say it with me, thirty one years. <laughs> Let's get a lot of hand. <laughs> what? Say <laughs> so what are you what are you so happy about? One, I'm still alive. <laughs> Two, all of my needs is met, my bills is paid, and I have plenty more to put in store. Okay. Three, I'm in perfect health. That's my confession of faith. And I have some things I'm working with, working with my eyes and working with getting my weight down and maintaining a vigorous exercise schedule on top of everything else that I do. And four, I got, I'm in my right mind. Oh, my God. When you look at people who live in outside the covenant and outside the love of God, it disturbs their peace. Their peace is disturbed. 
Well, I don't have that. My, my biggest challenge is the wants. Say wants. Say it with me. Wants. Say want. Yeah. Say one, two, three. Wants. Say it again. One, two, three. Wants. One more time. The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Say it again. Wants. And we all have wants. Everybody has wants. And those wants are covered inside the love of God. But for 31 years, I've gone through an evolution, and every life is going through an evolution. The pandemic forced everybody to be selfish, if you will, in that you had to consider who you were. That's what God really allowed and preordained, if you ask me, when he allowed the pandemic to shut the whole world system down. There'd only been one other time in the Bible where you see the entire world system get shut totally down by external circumstances. That's in Genesis chapter 6, 7, and 8 when you find Noah. That's the only one I can see where it was worldwide, where every human being, everything that lived, okay, was subject to the water flowing from the from the subterranean and the, and the water that started flowing. They had never seen rain before that. That's amazing. I studied that, and I started looking at that. I was like, wow. They never saw rain come from the sky. And then it started storming from the sky, and the subterranean water bubbled up. You know, there's more, there's more subterranean water than there is on, on the face of the earth. That's almost... Unbelievable, but it started bubbling up, and between that which was bubbling up and that which was raining, everything that lived on this earth was uh, exterminated for a short period of time until the waters assuaged till they went away. So the pandemic caused everybody to get on an ark, the ark of self, and to consider who they were and to consider the mental mechanics of their mind and how they thought. And the whole thing, I believe in my heart of hearts, was God for us to reconsider our relationship with God. And so after 31 years of full-time, and I've been saved 37 or 38 years, I've been saved. I think I got saved in 84, 85. Uh, Yeah, 84, 85, I got saved. um, I was down in uh, Bishop Paul Morton's church. And actually got saved by Jimmy Swagger. Jimmy Swagger was on television, and I was with the New Orleans uh, Saints. And that's where I heard this song, Where is the Love? Okay. I was down in New Orleans, down in the French Quarter, about to die, about to lose my mind in debauchery. And heard that song, Where is the Love? I was sitting, I don't know, I think I was sitting in a hotel room or something. Where is the love? Okay. And Donnie and, and Roberta Flack are singing about where is the love because it's a promise that had been broken that once you get free, you're going to be with me. Okay. And that's really what God wants from mankind. He wants to set you free from all sin, sickness, and death, poverty, lack, and shortage, lack of wisdom, lack of understanding, lack of insight, and from lack of health and 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 from the fear of premature death. You know, I think everybody went through that during the pandemic. This pandemic was killing people, and it became, you know, not only were we in it and forced to stay in our houses and stay in our garages and live in our cars or wherever you was at, but you had to be, you this this whole idea of catching a disease and be, be dead or, you know, the number one way 
Jesus actually suffocated to death on that on that on that cross. That's a terrible way to die to be suffocated. And we've all seen the pictures of that in some movies or or wherever where they, they throw a plastic bag over somebody's face and they just strangle them out or you know and he, they trying to breathe and this that and the other is a way of torture and all this. If you in uh, one of my escapes is entertainment through movies and unfortunately it's not full of love. But the agape love of God allowed us the privilege of determining who we were and what we were going to do with our lives. Because at that point, we saw how fragile life is. The life that we have is fragile. And without God, it's really fragile now because this is this world is is a thousand times more sinful than it was at any other point in mankind. There's so many ways to get tripped up and to die in this world. Just being you. I was looking at the news and this woman, older woman was walking down the street and this guy was on his bicycle. And he he rode up behind her and hit her in the head with a fire extinguisher and knocked her out. Now, in this media age that we live in, everything goes viral instantly now. If you can't, you're not going to be able to hide. If you're out here working debauchery or whatever you're doing, whatever position that you're in, somebody's going to have it on film. They got cameras on all these poles, and then every phone has a camera. Speaking of a phone, I went into panic mode because I had left my house, and my phone was sitting, and I thought, man, how dependent have we got uh, on media and the ability to call, text, web, send emails, and then, oh, my God, let's not even talk about Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. TikTok. T- oh, TikTok is big now. TikTok is growing right in there with them. But I had my cousin, um, Deb, call me from Cincinnati because I'm an Ohio native. I was born in Cleveland, raised in Dayton, and went to Ohio State University there as a, on a football scholarship. And she comes, she said, have you, did you DM me? I said, what do you mean, did I DM you? Uh, no, I don't even do, I try not to do social media if it's not for business or it's not for the gospel. And I'm looking at getting set up with a direct message. It's a, it's messenger. I think it's a, and I was, she asked me, I said, yeah, you can, yeah, you can DM people. Do one of them either, I think it's. Facebook, I know Facebook has a DM, and I think Instagram has a DM, and I don't know which one it is because I ain't trying to do all that. I ain't trying to be accessible by everybody because where is the love? Where is the love? Go to James chapter one and, and read that for me. We do want to put a scripture in here. We have way through the show. James chapter one, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greeting. Stop right there. So in 1991, God segregated me to full-time ministry. He had told me before then, I was running. I was running, running, running from the Lord. Say running. My my legs, my shoes fell off. My feet swole. My head got bumped. And I had to sit down and realize that, listen, there is somebody in this universe that has total control over everything and everybody. So 31 years ago in September, October window, right after the, the Yom Kippur in 1991, I hit the road. My my mother and father were had passed away. I buried my dad. My mom passed away a few years before that. 
And I had went back to take care of my dad in Dayton, and the Lord told me, "Say, I want you to go to California. Well, I had been to California before. We had played at UCLA, and we played in the Rose Bowl, and, you know, at Ohio State, we came out here a couple times. But that's not like living out here. That's not like moving out here permanently. And he told me, he said, I want you to go to uh, California to live, and you're going to go to the school of ministry. And I had fought and and and, and vilified myself before the Lord and said, uh-uh, man, why me? Why me? But in hindsight, 31 years later, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. But the growth and expectation of being a full-time minister, man, I, I, I think in a lot of ways it's a curse because if you're a minister and you're saying it publicly and you have a public um, um, display of the ministry that's formed up around you, people expect you to be perfect. Say la. And then if you're not, they won't run you down. Listen, ministers, men and women of God, they are human beings and they're all flawed. I was reading that in Romans uh, the other day. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I started reading Romans. I, I read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Then I read the entire book of Acts and all this is in the last month. And when I read, I don't just start reading, the, reading it like I read a novel. I'm reading and I'm looking and I'm asking God to, to fill me with himself and I'm seeking the person of God. And that is so important. But shoot, man, when you be in ministry, people expect you to do everything they ask you to do when you want it done. You have to leave yourself open to that because read that, that first sentence, a servant of God. Well, the only way that Jesus said, if you let those who want to be lifted up, who want an office, who want to be recognized in the kingdom, let them be servants first. Who are you serving? Mankind on God's behalf. So the image of Christ in you has to be formed to a certain extent. And one of the great things about me after 31 years, I realized is that I had no church religious affiliation. I got saved in the Baptist church when I was 12. Okay. And then I got reclaimed or recommitted uh, in 19, I think it was 84, 85. I was down in uh, New Orleans and Jimmy Swagger was on TV and I had came in from, it was like five or six o'clock on a Sunday morning. I All night, I had gotten released from the saints and had fell into the quarter and lost myself lost myself and all the ethics that I was raised with. Because when I went back home, my mom told me, she said, Chris, I didn't raise you like this. I don't know who you are. You're not the son I raised. And then she passed away shortly after that. But it was a situation where... I had lost myself down in the, in, in the quarter and I had a big old house that I was worried about how was I going to pay for it because I was in a, right across the street was a, what, a 15, uh, $12 million house from where I was living in the neighborhood, just to give you a picture of the neighborhood where I was living. And here I am running the streets, married with two, three, actually three kids, okay, wondering what was my next step and I was totally lost at that point. Now, even while I got saved in the Baptist church, uh, Jimmy Swagger, who had the greatest, has had one of the greatest revelations of the blood of Jesus. If you, if you look at the, you know, all hallmark, all ministries have a hallmark or a, uh, 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 a, a signal that they send. And mine is 
evangelism. I mean, that's where we're at right now. People have to be evangelized because without Jesus, they don't have a hope for any peace or joy or money or health or how to do anything. Because this, the signals that's being sent from this world are billions every day. Every, if you look at the news, if you look at Instagram, if you look at Twitter, if you look at uh, Facebook, t- uh, what you say, TikTok, everybody has a motive and a purpose. And the mass media is totally out of control. It's totally out of control. And so I was, uh, I came in. It was early in the morning. And I was was drunk and inebriated and also uh, twisted on some drugs. And I was sitting in my chair in this house and I was looking around thinking, oh, my God, I'm here. Will I be able to keep it right? And turned the TV on, okay? And I grew up by myself, so TV is a babysitter for me. Or whenever I, I, I want to escape where I'm at and what I'm thinking, I turn the TV on. Jimmy Swagger was on the TV pointing at Chris Ward. He was saying, Apostle Chris Ward? No, that wasn't what he was saying. I'm Apostle Chris Ward now. We're going to talk about that probably in the next show. Okay. You, you there. You've been out sinning all night. And the Lord said, you better stop and you better repent right now. And his finger was pointing at me on the TV. And I'm looking at this man half dazed, and I sat up in the chair. I was like, preacher, you done lost your mind. Stop pointing at me, and I changed the channel. And so I kicked the chair back. My feet went up, and I went to sleep. I was like, yeah, safe and restful, sleep, sleep, sleep. No, it wasn't. But I needed a nap. I had been up about four straight days, and so I was a little tired. And when I woke up, I had changed the channel, and there he was. That that same finger, he was pointing to the camera. He said, you, you right there, you been out, and you in debauchery, and if you don't repent, you ain't going to make it. And I was like, oh. Then I sat up on the edge of the chair, not nearly as twisted as I was, and I broke down and started crying. I did. I said, Lord, help me. He, and he led me in the sinner's prayer, and I came in, 84, 85, I came into the kingdom of God. Well, I came into the kingdom as well as I know it. And I repented. And he said, now you need to go to a church and confess it. Jesus said, if you confess me before me and I will confess you before my father, you need to find a local church and go to it as soon as possible. So I don't know what day that was, but I know I made up my mind. That's exactly what I'm going to do. And I had heard about uh, Greater St. Stephen's Church, which was uh, Bishop Paul Morton's church. And I said, well, they got a good choir. They got a band. Let's go. And I grabbed my oldest daughter. She was uh, about four or five years old. And I said, baby, we going to church. And I got a dress. I said, get up there and put some clothes on. She had all kinds of clothes. I said, get, put, put a little dress on. Come on. Go with daddy. Help me out. Okay. And so she she got dressed, and she said, well, where are we going? I said, we're going to church, baby. She said, I don't want to go to church, Dad. I said, you're going with me. And I grabbed her like a little rag doll and drug her out and seat belted her in the car. <laughs> and we went, we went down to Greater St. Stephen's getting there late, as you, might, as you might well know. The choir was singing and all that. And we sat up in the balcony, almost at the last row. We found a seat. And we sit in there and we, so we went to the service and Paul Morton, if you know, is a great songster, songster and singer. And he know that the music music was really created to move people's heart toward God. And that's why I put where's the love, because people want to know where's the love at? 
right now? Who loves them? And why do they love them? Store you, you got. Um, so we were there. He made that altar call. He said, if you were here, you just made that confession of faith. Come down right now. And I said, baby, I grabbed her by the arm. I said, we're going downstairs. <laughs> she said, no, daddy, no, daddy, I don't want to go. Just what she said at the house. And I grabbed it like a little rag doll and I drug her down there. You know, six foot five, 350 pounds, scared to go down and stand in front of people. Then played in stadiums with 100,000 people in it all over the United States, right? And scared to go down in the church by myself. And I drug her down there and we stood there and I made the confession of faith. And got saved. I mean, really committed myself to the Lord. And so it's been a varied past. When I look at 31 years, that was 37 years ago. And then 31 years ago and uh, on Yom Kippur or at the Feast of Tabernacles, the time of this, the, the great 40, 30 to 40 day separation and time frame, God launched me in the ministry. He sent me out here in the 76 Cadillac. And I say out here, I'm out been in California for 31 years. I'm really ready to leave it. But I can't leave until the appointed time for me to leave. But came out here, lived in my car for three and a half years, went to the school of ministry, learned what faith was really at from the shout out to the great apostle, uh, apostle uh, Dr. Frederick Casey Price, Mr. Kiss it. Keep it simple, stupid. If you couldn't learn, if you listen, if you couldn't understand what Dr. Price was teaching, you are pretty much an idiot, okay? Because you could be in special ed, and my wife used to be a special ed assistant. She said, don't say that. I was like, oh, baby, listen, some people was in special ed. This guy was on the BET Awards last night saying he's a notable rapper. He said, listen, I was in special ed. I had three students and two teachers in the room. <laughs> His whole experience in school, and he ended up dropping out. And that wasn't good. But the thing is, some people were born with mental capacity, and I have that. And I came out here, and I gave myself to the Lord and to be a minister. And I went there and was homeless six weeks after I got here. I had paid my tuition for the year. I had He, he supplied me with money. had paid my tuition for the year and had paid the hotel for, I think it was about five or six weeks. Paid it up. I said, well, God going to give me, he's going to leave me this far. He's going to give me some more money. And in that period of time, he said, listen, I want you to live in the street. Did y'all hear God talking in that silence? Listen, listen real close. You're going to hear him talking. Here's what I heard. He said, he, he said, I want you to live in the street. And I said, I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. I gave up my house and my dad gave me to come out here. And this raggly, he wasn't raggly, but it was it was an older car. It was in good shape. My dad was a Cadillac mechanic and serviceman, so he kept it in good shape. And that's what I inherited from him, a 76 Cadillac in 1991. And I took it and I said, well, I dedicated and I dedicated the house that I was living in, which was his house. And I said, I sold it to the kingdom. I'm going to follow the Lord. Got out here and God said, you shall 
He said, I said, well, you, you know, my money ran out. And the Lord told me, he said, listen, I want you to go to Sizzler. And that Sizzler had, ooh-wee, they had an all-you-can-eat uh, a buffet. Boy, you go in there, they had fried chicken wings. And they had beef stuff. They had Chipotle stuff on there. Just some of the stuff that Chipotle had. But they had stuff you could put up and you can make a salad and you can eat some meat. And ooh-wee, he $4.99. And I went there and he said, I want you to fast the next three days. And I did. I fasted the next three days. And... As I was, he said, get your stuff packed up. You're, getting, you're going to leave the hotel. And I said, well, Lord, where am I going? Because I was still in the school of ministry. He said, you're going to live in the street. And it was a solemn time. And I rebuked the, that voice, and the Holy Spirit admonished me. He said, don't ever speak to me that way again. You know my voice. Because I had fasted 40 days twice on 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 liquids before I made the trip. He was preparing me because he knew it was going to be a great thing. It was going to be a great obstacle I'd have to get over, which was myself and my flesh. And we'll talk about that in our next show. And I sat there, and when he said that, he said, I want you to live in the street. I want you to live. You're going to live in your car, Chris. And I cried like a baby. I cried. I cried like I lost somebody, the most dearest person, that I ever knew in my life, I cried. And he said, it's for a period of time and I need you. And it was to bring us to the days that we're living in now. Ma'am, I'm gonna let you lead, lead people to the Lord because we got plenty of time here. We'll get to James chapter one. We're coming back to that. I'm just, these four shows, these next four shows, if you hear Roberta Flack, I'm giving my testimony of what has taken place in the last 31 years. So if I'm rambling, please forgive me because I got so much stuff that has happened, good, bad, and indifferent. Amen. Go ahead, babe. Uh, the prayer for salvation can be found in Romans 10, 9, and 10. So if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God was raised from the dead, you shall be saved for with the heart. One believes righteousness and the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So repeat this prayer to me, dear God, forgive me for my sins. I believe and the death, burial, and resurrection. It's coming to my heart and live inside of me. You don't go Amen. Amen. This is the Apostle and Prophet Chris Wood. We love you with the love of you.